So today, we're talking about patience. And I think this is incredibly culturally important. Why is that? Well, when you communicate with somebody today, what do you do? You send them a text probably, yeah? Most of us send a text. Anyone texting, texting people? Anyone text? No one in here. I'm the only guy texting. Come on, let's see some hands here. Who texts? All right, thank you. Uh, we have a few that are, are confessing to their textiness. Uh, excellent. When you text, you expect a response, right? Typically, you know, unless it's like a love you uh, type of text. But a lot of times you expect a response. A lot of times we expect a response really quickly. Yeah? A lot of times we expect a response really quickly. Sometimes we might have plans that are like an hour out. Maybe if you're risky, less than an hour out. And you text to finalize those plans. Maybe that happened during this Thanksgiving season. Hey, uh, running a little late, going to be there in 15 minutes. You know? You expect them to see it and know that before the 15 minutes that you've now shown up late. Right? We see it in our uh, entertainment. Everything's rapid. Right? I am as guilty as the next person is getting caught in the trap of, of the YouTube shorts. Okay? Watching that like 15 seconds of glory and you're like, that was awesome. Give me 15 more seconds. Uh, right? So we need to understand patience. Now, as I was thinking about this, I thought about myself when I was younger. I was young. I was in love, of course. I was young. So, you know, I'm in love. 15, 16 years old. Guess how I would communicate with this love of mine? I'd write him a letter. Maybe some of you have done this. I would guess some of our younger folk have never done this. But I would write him a letter, and I'd flop a stamp on there, and I'd send it out. And I'd wait for my response. Guess how long I'd wait? Could be weeks. <laughs> Maybe a month. So here I have, I've sent this message to the love of my life. Not really, but at that time I thought so. And I was just waiting eagerly to receive that response back. Patiently. Amazingly. You know, when I think back at that time, and then I'd get the letter back, and it'd be wonderful, and then I'd have all these feelings and emotions, so I have to write them on a piece of paper, flop a stamp on there, and send that out for another few weeks. Whoo, that's a little different. That's a little different. There was patience involved in those letters. There was patience involved in that communication. Uh, a patience that is slowly disappearing in our culture, right? Yeah. As I thought of other neat stories regarding patience, specifically I was starting to think about God and creation, and I have a daughter who loves to create. Isn't that cool? So she'll draw pictures and I remember one time sitting next to the table and I'm watching her draw and she'd get a few lines in there and then she'd crumple the paper up and throw it out. <laughs> nope, done with that. That one wasn't good enough. I'm starting over. And she'd draw, crumple it up, throw it out. I watched her do this a bunch of times. She didn't have the patience to work through some of the 
hang-ups that she was facing in her creation, so she just chucked them out. Whew. Are we glad that God doesn't behave like that? Right? Oh, man. We would have been chucked out several times in our lifetimes. For sure. For sure. God is patient. Can I get an amen to that? God is patient. There are many aspects to God's patience that are far beyond our comprehension. And I think it's important that as we think about the fruit of the Spirit, the nature of the fruit of the Spirit, that we understand that this These attributes of God are outside of our comprehension. Scripture says a day, a a thousand years is like a day to God. I'm not going to live a thousand years, not on this earth, right? But yet that's like a day. That's a different type of patience, right? It's a different type of patience. And so it's important that as we face different things in our Christian life, That we don't try to box in the attributes of God to our own understanding. But instead we accept the fact that his ways are higher than our ways. The first element of God's amazing patience that I want to touch on. uh, And that is going to resound through this whole message. Is that God cares about the eternal. Every soul. God cares about the eternal, every soul. As we were praying this morning, Danny asked about people that pass away. How many people have passed away today? And I was like, a lot, a lot of people, Danny. And he's like, how many of them didn't know Jesus? I said, a lot of people, Danny. And he said, how much does God weep? I was like, a lot. It was an incredible reminder from him this morning that God cares about the eternal, every soul. If you're curious, every soul, when I say every soul, I mean you, me, every living person has an eternal soul. When we look at 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9, we see an element of God's patience here. It says this. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He cares about every soul. Okay, you with me? God is incredibly patient. I thought back to Genesis. I think about the creation and the fact that he goes through and he makes all the things and he creates all the laws that govern them, govern them like gravity. And he makes man and he makes woman and he looks at it all and what's he say? This is good. 
That's a bigger type of good than we're talking about. That is a perfect good. This is good. It is perfectly good what he made. Then what happens? The things he made busted it. They were deceived. And suddenly this incredibly good thing was torn by conflict. All those things that we read about in Galatians, those, the, the characteristics of the flesh all come into being because suddenly Adam and Eve, as they've obtained this knowledge of good and evil, think that somehow they can do better than God. We still do that today, folks. This isn't new. We still think we can do better than God. Whether we, can say, whether we say that with our mouths or not, our actions speak it loudly. Okay? But God has been patient. He was patient with Adam and Eve, and he is patient with us. I look at Abraham and the very nature of the covenant that God made with Abraham. It was completely backwards. Okay? So... At this time, if you had a ruler or a king and they're engaging with a lesser being, a servant or a slave, and they're making a covenant promise, the expectation would be that either the ruler and the servant would meet in the middle and make an agreement. So they'd split an animal and they'd meet in the middle and they'd be like, if I break this covenant, let me be like this animal, okay? But when God engages with Abraham, he doesn't have Abraham come and meet him in the middle. He crosses through and he meets Abraham. And he says, I'm committed to making this covenant reality even if I have to be broken. And that's what happened, right? Abraham didn't do his part in full. The people following Abraham didn't do their part in full. And so what happened? Jesus came and was broken to fulfill a covenant of blessing that we would be a blessing. That is a patient God, unlike anything we can imagine. What type of supernatural being says, you know, I'm going to take on the weight of all your burdens so that you can be blessed? because I love you. That's remarkable. As we studied the minor prophets over this summer, we saw again and again and again for hundreds of years the fact that this community of covenant people broke their promises. They weren't honoring God. They weren't blessing people. And they were Failing again and again and again, and yet, despite the fact of them facing much destruction, God was faithful and patient with his people and determined to fulfill his promise. And that brings us to Jesus, the fulfillment of this covenant promise. Jesus is patient. Jesus is patient. Patient. Have you read one of the Gospels recently? For fun, I went back and read a few chapters of Mark in preparation of uh, 
for this sermon. Do you, have you ever seen how often Jesus is interrupted? Holy smokes. It's a lot. In the first three chapters of Mark, I counted over 12 times that Jesus is interrupted. He's doing something, and someone comes in and interrupts what he's doing. But you want to know what? Despite all these interruptions, things that would drive me batty, Jesus cares about everything eternal. Every soul. You remember in Mark, the little children? In Mark, it's Mark uh, 10. The little, little children are coming to Jesus. The, the parents are bringing them to Jesus to be blessed. And the disciples are trying to turn him away. He ain't got time for this. We've seen him healing people. We've seen him casting out demons. At this point, we've seen him raise the dead. He does not have time to bless your child. What's Jesus do? He rebukes them. Back off. Bring the children. I want to bless them. Why? Because he cares about every soul. Later on in chapter 10, uh, 17 through, uh, through 27, let's see. This is an interaction Jesus has. We're going to read. As Jesus started on his way, okay, so he's just starting his trip. Man run ups to him, fell on his knees before him. Here he is, interrupted again. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he responds, teacher, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Hmm. It's important. He looks, he loves, and what's he say? One thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? This verse is the whole narrative of God's patience and grace and salvation. Jesus looked at them and he said, with man it is impossible. It is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. Jesus was so 
patient. This guy that he's engaging with had it wrong. There were things that he needed to surrender. He'd, he'd obeyed all the laws. He'd kept all the, the, the commands as far as he could see on paper. I've done it. Checked all the, the, the dots. But Jesus saw a deep thing that he was holding from God. He was not surrendering his wealth to God. This, can look, this type of idolatry can look like a lot of different things to all of us. But what Jesus is saying is to him is, surrender to me. Whatever that thing is, surrender to me. Because with you, it's impossible. But with me, anything's possible. And despite the fact that this guy had it wrong and was taking a chunk out of Jesus' important work in the three years that he had, Maybe an afternoon, maybe a few hours. Who knows how long this engagement was? We don't know. We just have this little blip. Jesus took the time. Why? This didn't work out like the blessing of the children. He didn't just get to bless this guy. This guy left sad, discarded, and feeling like I didn't make the cut. Jesus took the time because he cares about everything eternal. Every soul and he took the time he took the time so what is biblical patience what is biblical patience i'm going to start by telling you what i believe biblical impatience is okay biblical impatience is a war for control okay Biblical impatience is a war for control. Whether it's experiencing suffering, witnessing suffering, engaging with people in disagreements, we become impatient when we try to, by our own strength, make things happen the way we want them to happen when we want them to happen. Impatience is a war for control. So what is patience? I believe patience is a humble embrace of what we do not know and cannot control from a deep abiding trust that God will follow through on all his promises from a heart that is profoundly happy and satisfied in him. That's the root of patience whether it is experiencing suffering which we see in james 1 2 consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything whether it's witnessing suffering, Psalms 37, 7 says this, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. How often do we see things that make us be like, That is wrong! Justice! And so what do we do? 
I will fix it. I'm not calling you to inaction. Absolutely not. But I'm saying, understanding that God is in control and that his timing is perfect and that there is no suffering that doesn't ultimately lead to good. We believe God, right? We say all the time, God is good. And he, all the time, God is good. But yet when we suffer or see suffering, sometimes we lose track of that. Sometimes our patience gets challenged. Again, it doesn't mean to be inactive regarding justice. I think that is incredibly important. But it means that in doing so, we are accepting and surrendering, not taking into our own control, but releasing to God's control those things we want to see changed. You with me? So how can we walk with the Spirit in patience and see this patience, his patience, come out in us? Well, I'd say a good place to start is to care about the eternal. Every soul. Okay? We saw that in Jesus. We see it in God the Father. When we fail to recognize other people as eternally important, We will not love them well when we fail to recognize other people as eternally important. We will not love them well. And it will be impossible to be patient unless we see that eternal nature that God created them to have. We shouldn't be quick quick to dismiss the eternal. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is talking about our relationship with other believers. Being gentle, humble, making every effort to keep unity in the spirit and a bond of peace. Don't dismiss the eternal. Jesus came to be the way, to be the door. Let us not be quick to close it. He came to be the way. He came to be the door. Let us not be quick to close it. Paul says it like this in 1 Thessalonians 5.14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with who? Everyone. It's a lot of people. Are you patient with everyone? I love it. Praise God. All right, so this this brings us to the second element, I would say, of walking in the Spirit in regards to his fruit of patience. Uh, Suffering is inevitable. Suffering is inevitable. And you go, wow, Aaron, that's pretty dark, man. I've only lived 40 years, 41 now, I guess. 
And it's become very clear to me that suffering's inevitable. Depending on how many people you're connected with, it's more inevitable, right? If we're sharing in each other's burdens, the more people we're connected with, the more you will suffer. That's not an encouragement to disconnect. (laughs) But suffering's inevitable. Paul in Romans 12, 12 says to be patient in affliction. There's an assuming of affliction that's coming and it comes. Suffering is inevitable. And the Bible talks a lot about how to suffer or how we suffer and how patience paired with hope, which we're gonna talk about a little bit next week in our first week of Advent, is a crucial element to suffering well. Let's look at the story of Job. Despite facing unrelenting suffering, not understanding it, experiencing frustration regarding it, understandably, and yet was steadfast in his patience or perseverance, as James puts it, as he kept his face poised on God. James talks about this in James 5, 7 through 11. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how a farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of... And then have him provide life to those family members who had imprisoned him. Praise be to God. What an incredible story. We see it with the disciples as they were required to remain patient after Jesus ascended while they waited on the helper or the Holy Spirit to fall on them at Pentecost. They patiently waited. They didn't know when the time would be. But God's timing was perfect. And because of that incredibly perfect timing, thousands of new Christians came to be out of the Jewish community. And then the church was born. We see this same patience in Paul. As he is on the road to Damascus, you see him engage the living God. His life is transformed. You would think with this incredible transformation, he would run right into action. It's time on my own strength to change the world. But he didn't. He spent years away listening learning, receiving from God before he even started his mission. David similarly was anointed to be king, and it was years before he became king. He patiently waited on the Lord. The Lord's timing is perfect. I'd like to invite up the worship team.
brothers and sisters, as we continue to grow together towards maturity in Christ. May the Holy Spirit empower us with supernatural patience. Patience with each other. Patience with other ourselves. Patience in our circumstances as well as the circumstances around us. Patience with every eternal soul. Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you. I thank you for today. God, I thank you that you've been incredibly patient with me. I thank you you've been incredibly patient with us. Lord, as we continue to grow and encourage each other in our growth, as we continue to see the fruit of your spirit ripen in our lives and in the lives of our brothers and sisters around us, I pray that you would give us an eagerness to care for every eternal soul. God, that you would be blossoming our own patience as we engage with each other, as we engage with ourselves, as we engage in a fallen world around us. Thank you for this time. Bless us as we worship in Jesus' name.